On today's episode of the Return of the Roar podcast, we discuss the Kings' recent losing streak that has been no fun. Is it injuries to blame? Should the Kings make a move? We discuss that, um, and then we also discuss a little bit of Hall of Fame talk. We make some cases for some players, and I'm very interested to see what uh, people have to say about that. Uh, stay tuned for that, and a whole lot more on today's really good episode of the Return of the Roar podcast. with losing we are back with the podcast welcome everybody to another edition of the return of the roar podcast uh with your host myself chris watkins and frankie cardicelli frank how you doing poorly 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 not uh having a fun time not excellent not having a fun time for sure not excelling in any way no we're uh straight up not having a good time no so uh, the Sacramento Kings have lost their last four games, uh, three since the last time we recorded, uh, falling to the Orlando Magic, the Memphis Grizzlies, and then the other night against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it's a lot of what we saw early in the season of just the King. <laughs> Funny enough, the episode after me and Frank, specifically me, is like, you know, I think the Kings are done getting blown out. I think they're done being the those chumps that are, you know getting chumped and uh no like we're we're back on our bull and uh and the kings are back to just getting ran by teams that they have no business getting ran yeah by. it's like they climb into a time machine and then just went back to like early instead of something cool mid-january like, yeah, instead of going to like, 2001 or something yeah they were like nah like let's go back two weeks ago yeah so <laughs> they're they're back to getting blown out like a lot of ugly basketball, like the Philly game, the last game we talked about, actually wasn't that bad. They competed, and we thought they had a good chance of winning that game. And uh, the way they played over the last three games, prefer you know mostly the way they they played against Orlando and Memphis, two games that they arguably should have won. Like as far as good, like a good team, quote unquote, like we were talking about, are they like last time they should have beaten at least one of Orlando or Memphis? And no, they rolled over in both those games and lost by double digits. So. Uh, like Brooklyn's expected, I it's never expected, but expected I think them. that's even one of those situations where we've talked about before, where KD's not playing. Obviously, Brooklyn still has two other guys who are pretty decent, um, but that's an opportunity for you to take a game. Especially, I mean, KD is is the the assassin of that team. Like, if yeah. you're if you know if you're going to lose like the way the Kings eventually lost. You would hope that KD is in, and it's just he dominates you by sheer power of will, and we, or by force. Or another whatever. franchise record yeah. we have given up. First, it was well, Toronto. Kevin, like I mean, yeah, Toronto just, for points in a game. We let them yeah. establish a new franchise record, and then pretty much just in the second half, Por- then, uh, Brooklyn. Excuse me, franchise record for three point field goals yeah. in a game. They knocked down Brooklyn was just uh, twenty seven from, from jump. I mean, it was it was an ugly Kyrie. game. Yeah. And, Kyrie didn't miss, James didn't miss, and uh, yeah, we missed a lot. Who else had a really good game that night? Didn't uh, I think my boy Joe Harris put on? But Joe Harris, Shamit had third. I mean, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double figures. So um, you give up one thirty-six, and the Kings they scored one hundred and twenty-five. Like, how many teams do you score one twenty-five in the NBA? Like, that's usually a win, but not for the Kings. It hasn't been. Many yeah, times. I would like to hope that that would be a win like six or seven out of ten times. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, when, when you look at the last couple of games about what's been going wrong, it's it's back to the the uh, the Achilles heel, which they improved on so greatly over that stretch where they won seven of eight. Uh, defense, like their defense is historically bad. It's arguably the worst defense in the history of the NBA as far as the metrics are telling, are saying it's the worst defense. They definitely were. I mean, are, are they still like, are they back? They're, they're are they last. literally yeah. back on that bull? They're dead last in the, in a, uh, yeah. In Cause they the were, defense. I think the, is it defensive rating or is it defensive like rating? Is allowed? Yeah. It's 30th like, out of 30th. So I think the record is 128 or something like that. I'm not sure what the Kings are at right, right now. Uh, they are at for defensive rating. Yeah. They're at 119. Okay, Maybe they're could, they're creeping towards I could be it. Wrong on that number, but um, they're creeping towards it. So um, their expected win loss record 
through the amount of games they've played so far. They should be nine and eighteen. So I mean, considering that they're twelve, twelve and fifteen, it t- means they stole know. a couple, and and it feels that way. I mean, honestly, you think you know we can look back at the Harrison Barnes tip in against the Clippers. I'm not sure that's a game that the Kings deserve to win. Uh, the the, the first game of the season, of course, all three against Denver, yeah. arguably. Yeah. I mean, those are games that they mm-hmm. they were all close and like they didn't. Remember when we split against Phoenix in the beginning of the year? That was weird too because Phoenix is <laughs> Phoenix is Phoenix nice. is good. They, they, they put it on. Last they blew night. it last night yeah. to to yeah. Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, that's but, right. I forgot they blew that. Um, yeah, but I I just think I think uh, I don't know what it's going to take for this team to to officially flip the switch i mean uh this week we kind of dealt with a couple more injuries than we've been dealing with throughout the season you know we've been a, a relatively healthy healthy team when it comes to you know both physical injuries and coronavirus and emotional injuries as we saw with Kyrie Irving yeah um so the the kings have been able to steer clear of that pretty well and uh this week it kind of you know reared What's... its head around in the worst way taking away Darren for a game, Marvin for a game, Rashawn for a game. It's funny on a, I think it was, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but when the morning they were playing Orlando, you know, we'd still won seven or nine, things were looking good, and, and my, Orlando had like eight players. They, their whole player was, their whole team was out, and and my girlfriend that morning tells me, uh, hey, like the Kings, shout have, out Allie, shout out Allie, uh, the Kings have done a pretty good job, like of staying healthy this year, like I've noticed, and I'm like, we should probably wow. knock, on, we should probably knock wow. on wood, and we both knocked on wood. We both knocked on wood, and uh, I get to the arena, and and I and Luke. We know that Marvin's questionable, and then he says like, also like De'Aaron's questionable tonight, and I just was like, gotta be kidding me! Like, is it our fault? Yeah, I mean it is. It's uh, no, it's actually it's it's Allie's it's Allie's fault. fault. Okay, well I'll I'll make note. So hopefully everyone out there just goes and rips on Allie. On never, never mind, don't do that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But they haven't. They were doing a good job of staying healthy. The NBA this season's been been a nightmare. I mean, with with COVID rescheduling and and freak injuries, people getting hurt, it's been really really bad. And the Kings have dodged a bunch of bullets, and and they finally got bit by the injury bug all at once too. Like, yeah. like in true uh, Kings fashion. In true Kings fashion, it was all at once. Like if you look at what's happened over the last week, and we'll kind of roll through them real quick about our um how concerned we are. Marvin, Rashawn, De'Aaron, and Chemezi. All over the past week only, like what, seven days, have gotten injured. And I know there's injuries that they don't report, and they kind of like people play injured. Like I was talking to a couple people the other day that were saying how like often players like Corey Joseph and guys that are veterans they play through so many injuries that don't get relayed to the public or shared with you know media or anybody. There's always things that people are battling, and uh, it just means that these guys are probably hurting pretty bad to to stay out of uh, of action. Yeah, I was definitely trying to think of like what is you know it's not like the Kings are tanking by any means yet. Uh, what was the benefit? You know, because it seemed pretty random. We didn't see Marvin take any injuries. We didn't see Darren or Rashawn um, take any injuries on the court, and so it could just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Really interesting. I don't know. I mean, well, it must have happened at practice, and like I, you're saying, things compile on top of each other. But the way De'Aaron has looked the last couple of games, like how he hasn't been on a minute restriction because it was a brew, it was a, a contusion. It made me kind of think the way they've been playing him and how many minutes he's, he's been playing. Maybe against Orlando, which is the game he missed, um, they just wanted him to sit out for a game first night of a back to. Or it wasn't so you first. think it was scheduled rest? I think maybe it was scheduled rest, and they wanted to get away with stealing a win because they were playing so mm-hmm. well, and then it just it didn't happen. That's interesting. I mean, I definitely don't think that's out of the question. Uh, I think, you know, it'd be pretty weird if they scheduled that Marvin and him to have the same injury date. But No, I was just being like no, I mean, conspiracy I, I, I theorist, think, well, but I no. I think there's something to it. I mean, I, I definitely think, uh, like you were saying, I mean, guys play through injuries all the time. And, and I think there was definitely at least a little bit of the Kings felt like they could steal the game regardless. Uh, clearly was not the case. They should have. That's a game. <laughs> Michael Carter Williams had yeah. like a not a career night, but pretty. I mean, he pretty, might as well have. He pretty damn it back close. To his rookie year. And Vucevic. I mean, I mean, geez, he he's that was a uh, revenge game, I guess. People for... named Nikola love playing the Kings. I mean, yeah. we we saw <laughs> yeah. Jokic drop fifty, then then Vucevic was only a couple points off a career high. But um, injuries have been a problem the past week. It's not why they've lost the games they've lost. They've done that on their own because of how horrible they played on defense and uh just 
lack of effort and, and lack of energy, most notably in the Magic and Grizzly games. But uh, on the injury front, let's kind of go over our concern yeah. meter. Um, De'Aaron, I'd, I'd say I'm not concerned at all with him. He seems like he's pretty okay. It was a, it was a quad contusion. He's he's fine. Yeah, I put it at one or two. One out of ten, one or two for this specific injury. Yeah, <laughs> he seems fine. He's playing with high energy. He looked good last game, but I mean. It was a blowout late, so he didn't really get back in. But I think he had nineteen and eight last game. Um, Did nineteen and eight? Yeah. Uh, next up, Marvin. See, this is an interesting one because I get it. I, I've seen a lot of people who are who would have their their number at like an eight or a seven or a nine, whatever, maybe even a ten, um, because it's another injury for Marvin Bagley, another nagging injury that's just kind of like. You know, it's not he didn't break his foot or anything like that, but it's just another thing that's compiling on. Um, I'm not too concerned. I mean, calves are tricky too, but yeah, um, he, he I'm it, I'm not either. Just to... I'm more concerned with uh, I think James Ham put it out that uh, this breaks Marvin's career high record of 24 consecutive straight games played. Uh, that is concerning for sure, and I know that's where this, the the root of people's concern comes from, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's been a lot, and we've talked about it before. I think Marvin's injuries have been a lot of unlucky misfortune, like breaking his finger, getting it, the ball slapped on him, and just little tiny, nothing too major of an injury. But, no, I'm I'm putting that at a, at a four. I'm not I'm not too concerned with it. Uh, plus, the way that Luke was talking about it, how Marvin post game was saying how he feels fine and feels better, they're just being cautious. You, you can't you know, you can't give them any flack for wanting to be careful about a yeah. calf injury especially with Marvin who again he's very injury prone but uh or has been very injury prone but he's played well this season if you look at his his uh his numbers and he had a good game against Brooklyn he looks good he looked healthy he only played 20 minutes the other night but he had 19 and 7 I believe and uh I'm not concerned about him going forward I think plus the two days off will probably help too as far as treatment goes mm-hmm uh, how about Rashawn? Rashawn uh, missed just the Brooklyn game, correct? He didn't miss. No, he didn't. He didn't miss the game that Marvin and he only missed Brooklyn. Yeah, and I will say I'm, I'm a little more concerned about him for some reason. Like it's a knee I'm issue. Sorry, he did miss. Or he missed. Uh, Rashawn missed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Marvin actually. Never mind. Just Rashawn. He missed the uh, the Brooklyn game. Yeah, and it was knee. I think his knee soreness, but it kind of concerns me a little bit because Rashawn. Is like one of like the toughest guys in the league. I would say he has a reputation as one of the tougher guys in the league, and uh, like he literally tore his shoulder his shoulder last year, and I had to keep him out. Otherwise, he was playing through a bunch of ailments, and uh, the fact that he was out there warming up pregame and he just looked a little ginger the way he was walking and kind of moving around. I'm not sure if it's a long term thing. He might be out there tomorrow against Miami, for all I know, which we could use him against Bam Adebayo. But uh, I'm a little more. I'm going to give him a six. Six or seven. I just think it might be a longer, maybe a couple games, more than we would like to see. But he seemed like he was in, in pretty good amount of pain on the court there night. He just didn't look very comfortable. Yeah, I'm looking at his numbers right now, and they've been, I mean, considerably down um, since since kind of like the first half of the season. In the past couple games, he hasn't been putting up double-digit rebounds, uh, only has one 20-point game in like the past four or five games. Which you know, Rashawn was routinely putting up fourteen to twenty points a game uh, every night. It seemed like for the first half of the season. So I definitely think it could be a little bit of uh, of fatigue for him too. Like we were saying, kind of <clears throat> with De'Aaron a little bit. It might have been a little bit of a, a scheduled rest. But um, I definitely agree with what you're saying that Rashawn is one of the tougher guys in the league. And if he's if he's having to miss games, it's probably something that's it's hurting that's him. Not yeah, it's definitely hurting him. And Rashawn's a guy who arguably is a top three important player on this team, right behind uh, De'Aaron and, and Tyrese. I think that what Rashawn brings every night as far as an interior presence and the push shot mm-hmm. has been lethal. And just I could I could see uh, – and White said had a really big game last, last game. I mean, against Brooklyn, I'm not going to take that away from him. But he would take a couple of those push shots, and I'd say, you're not Rashawn with no. that. I don't know why. <laughs> a lot of people think they are Rashawn with that. Rashawn has started revolution. but uh, that's, That push shot yeah. is just so pretty, and yeah. they miss it. They really do miss it because it is nearly automatic. So hopefully he isn't out too long. And then uh, the last injury, which is sweeping – the talk of yeah, NBA Twitter and and I've had a couple of conversations with my friends just this morning about it and everyone has an opinion on the whole situation is 
the Chemezi Metu, uh, Jonas Valanciunas spat, which has resulted in Chemezi Metu fracturing his wrist, and he's going to be out for probably a long time. It says they'll reevaluate in a month, but I think he'll be out for probably multiple months because fracturing a wrist is uh, it's his shooting hand. It's it's his right hand, I believe. So. Um, where I mean, obviously, from a concern meter, that's probably I mean, it's it's got to be a nine or ten. But like, as far as where you, where do you lie on the fence? Like, what side of the fence are you on? Of was Metu in the wrong? Was Jonas in the wrong? Were they both in the wrong? Like, I am gonna go with they're both in the wrong. Um, I agree. I agree. I think I think Jonas is more wrong if yes. that means anything in this situation. But um, I'll have to watch. I'm now. I'm not gonna watch, watch the tape. It. I'm gonna have to watch the tape, but I'm not going to. Um, well, I, I think Metu was legitimately looking for a landing space and couldn't. But Homeboy definitely wrapped his legs around yeah. his his neck and was trying to sun him. You you can't do that. And like I I do see. I think at first he was kind of trying to be a little a little cocky with just, it. Yeah. But then at a certain point, you can see in the video. He didn't have anywhere to go down, which is why he put his left arm up. Uh, and is it Jonas or Jonas? I think it's Jonas. I don't want to be. That's why I, don't, I say Jonas. I think Jonas, it's Jonas. Yeah. Jonas wrapped his right arm through his leg, like an active. I don't know. He just ripped the right arm yeah. from underneath Chemezi, and then that lifted Chemezi's legs up, and he fell. Could have fallen on his head, but yeah. he had his hand uh, brace his fall, and hence the fractured wrist. But. Uh, just to be, you know, I don't want to. I'm a Kings fan. I'm a, I support the Kings. Like I'm not saying Chemezi was the only one that was the victim here. No. Jonas should should not have gotten legs wrapped around his head, but he also shouldn't have thrown him down in that aggressive yeah, manner. Yeah, for sure. That's like that's. I mean, that's a dangerous move. Yeah, like, it's very dangerous. It's, it's totally understandable why you're upset that homeboy is trying to ride you, know, you like a yeah, pony. Ride you, but like. Yeah, like you can't, you can't, especially considering like homeboy is hanging ten feet in the air, um, and that what happened is exactly why you don't do that. Like you know, that's that's case in point of, hey, like, don't just don't <laughs> just don't like yeah. it's, I don't even think it needs to be explained. Like I think both parties understand no, but what happened. How many times have we seen that in the NBA where someone like dunks on someone mm-hmm. like that and then they come down and they go at it? You know, yeah. wait till they come down at least. Don't yeah. rip them Very out of true. the air. That's such a cheap. It's a cheap move to rip them out of the air. Basically, you drop. I mean, that's these guys are so big and like they get injured a little more easier than people like that are five nine or ever like you and me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're five nine. Sorry. Five, five ten and eight, a half. You're five ten and a half. Least. Sorry, I'm five nine. Short kings. What's up? Um, and it's just it's just not the right move. And he and then probably two plays later. Valanciunas does the same exact thing to Corey Joseph. And I know that they, they know each other from, I think they played together in Toronto and they might actually yeah. be cool. But and Corey, after the game said to the media that he didn't think what, what, uh, what Jonas did was like too aggressive, which I think that means they're friends, but Valanciunas did the same thing to, to Kojo. He dunked and then swung his legs around Kojo's neck. Like you can find it on Twitter. You can find it anywhere. And, and uh, it's just kind of like a weird, like if you see, if players like Draymond Green or, Demarcus Cousins, or or even what Marvin Bagley got tossed for. If if a player like with more of a known pres- presence as a I don't know a, yeah. a instigator of of problems started something, they would he would have gotten ejected. Yeah, but that's pretty wild. He, it, is, it is pretty wild that he didn't get ejected. Draymond and Demarcus Cousins would have gotten sent out of the city. Like, yeah, I don't understand it that. It might at have all. something to do with the fact. I mean, not for the Jonas. Uh, factor of this but i think the chemezi metu factor has something to do with it the fact that it's just like i i, I could definitely be wrong on this but i i feel like you know it's a it's a relatively no name nba player and you know he like we stated it, he's kind of at fault too so i think the refs kind of viewed it as like don't do that kid yeah, you know maybe <laughs> like, don't, maybe don't do that. yeah and that's fair that's totally know? fair yeah uh, it's just like it, it if, sucks that he obviously fractured his wrist, and I don't mean as a brooder film it, but like he he I watched it and he gets up and the first thing he does, well he shake he does shake his hand, yeah. which is a clear ow my wrist, but then starts to clap like he's he was Ray at, Lewis after a sack. Or he something. was at center court clapping, yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, you know. Which in the it was kind of funny because you would hear that in the empty, you know, in the, the, yeah, uh, the exactly. optics and golden one. <laughs> Just clapping. Like yeah. just, and if it was a regular game, you wouldn't even be able to no. hear it. But 
Golden Wands basically right now, uh, it's like the the church gym it's right now. Just pick up sleep at sleep train, pretty much. Yeah, pick up at the local church right now. It's just you can hear everything. So, um, bad on both sides. I would say I'm going sixty forty on Jonas, though he should not yeah. have thrown him out of the air. Uh, it'll it sucks because like I like what Shemezi brings. I I know he's not very um, you know, he's not really strong with the ball, and he turned the ball over a few times in, in the times I've seen him play. Uh, but he is offensively. I think he's kind of a weapon. He could be a guy that's like a, a bench scorer down the road. Um, he has like some touch around the rim too, which is kind of nice. He has like those those running finger yeah, rolls. Like he's that's, a team, you, or he's a player that a team could use for sure. Yeah, and, um, but he won't be a player we can use no. for a while. <laughs> no, because he has a broken wrist. So that's pretty much it on the injury front. Should we take? Yeah, a break. Let's let's take a break. Let's take a break. All right, we are going to switch it up a little bit and talk a little bit big picture and discuss some trades. Um, It is heading towards the NBA trade deadline, which I believe is in mid-March, correct? I think about a a month away. Yeah, so uh, with that and with all of the talk ramping up, uh, especially around the Kings, with what they're going to do with some of their expiring contracts, with some of their bigger contracts... Um, we thought it would be a, a perfect time to uh, just kind of get the ball rolling on on some on some transaction talk. Um, obviously, the Kings have started p- to play Nemanja Bjelica this week. That can almost be directly linked to him uh, being traded. We've talked about Nemanja being traded, I think, legitimately since the first episode of this season. Uh, this is nothing new to us. Um, but Frank, what? What do you think about the prospect of trading? Just, just not even you know who, what we get back or anything like that, but just um, the Kings' decision of seemingly being ready to move on Nemanja. Uh, I mean, it changes every week. We talk about this. I think we've talked about this a couple times now. And uh, Nemanja, he didn't play for literally a month, and he only played because the fact that he needed to play. Like we. I mean, even though Jabari Parker's on the roster, which that's a discussion for another day, I suppose, because like why he has not played at nope. all, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but Nemanja, he's looked, in my opinion, like in the first game he came back, he looked very good. Yeah, that's like, that, the, like fifteen, eight, and four. Yeah, and, and hit like three. Bench. It's yeah. just, it's the Nemanja we've come to know and and love as Kings fans over the last couple of years because he's played very well. Um, but where I'm I'm standing right now is they should try to move him, in my opinion, as soon as possible because he obviously is not in the long term. Uh, plans for this franchise. He has a little left in the tank. He could help a contender. He's almost 33. I think his NBA clock obviously is ticking. And and uh, I think the Kings, if they're just going to go back to wasting him away on the bench, once Rashawn comes back, if it's next game or it's in a week or, or so be it, you're just wasting this guy's time he has left in the NBA just to be on the bench of a team that might be going nowhere. So hopefully they can figure something out soon. The return is going to be minuscule it's gonna be non-existent it mm-hmm. might it depend, or if they package him but do you think that they would look for or prefer a late first round pick like i'm saying 20 23 and later i don't know it's just a random 23 and me i don't know 23 and later um or what is 23 and me Oh, that's like when you check say, your. Is that is that like the uh, ancestry? It's your ancestry. Yeah, I just haven't. What's I, the twenty three for? Is that like? I don't know. All right, guys, hit us up uh, on Chromosomes? Twitter. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say, Chrom- but I didn't want to say. We're our science people. We are not a math podcast. We're not a math or science we podcast. No, are trending towards science. It's got to be chromosomes. Um, it's got to be something. Got to be chromosomes. I don't know. Uh, so twenty three or later. How embarrassing! Or <laughs> would you prefer like? I mean, I really don't even know. Like what qual? Like I don't think the Kings could. Yeah, this is like Landry Shamit or something. Like could they even get something like that? Do you know what I mean? Like would you re- would you prefer a late first round pick? Which I'm not even. I'm, I don't. I don't, I, I don't think that's I, even with, especially possible. with the fact that Nemanja hasn't played this year. I, I maybe we package like uh, Hassan too. Or? I just more am saying I don't think getting two first round or two second round picks is like. What what does that really do? No, for for we're the like we're, you're just kind of getting rid of his contract. We're like the kings of no pun intended of collecting 
second round pitch. That's, I know. Like, and that's kind of why I'm like, I don't, I don't see we're Thanos with the infinity, <laughs> infinity gauntlet there. of, of just uh, second round picks. Masons and so what, yeah, yeah. What's, what's a few more. I think the most likely return if we're trading Nemanja by himself is either a trade exception or a second round pick. Yeah. That's probably that's probably it. So then to branch off of that question and to uh, off of what you just said, do you think that it'll more than likely be packaged. Nemanja packaged with somebody? The more the Kings lose, the more likely I think it's possible great way of putting it. that it's in a package because if they keep losing, how great would it be for a contender if you get Buddy Healed and Nemanja instead mm-hmm. of just Buddy Healed by himself or just Nemanja by himself because if the Kings were to go back and win – Five in the next six, or something, or something like that. That would put them about a week or two away from. I mean, again, the All Star break's coming up in a week and a half, I think. So there's not that many yeah, games really left, really, games. until the deadline. There's, I mean, we don't even know when the schedule's coming out yet. So, mm-hmm. which it should be out. And I mean, I would imagine that they drop the schedule before the All Star break, unless they're planning on creating it during the all-star yeah. break which could be a possibility because with the amount of you know games that memphis has to make up and now the spurs have to make up yeah, i have no i they're doing some weird like uh san antonio and another team wasn't like they weren't playing the other day mm-hmm. so they just moved like they made a game up they made like detroit and i can't remember who it was the other day mm-hmm. or it's coming up this week i mean you have to check the schedule but they made a game up that wasn't originally on the schedule so i'm guessing they'll just take like it off the second half i don't know um, but my point is the, there's not too many games left until the deadline. It's a month, month and a week from now. Um, if they win five of the next six, maybe, maybe they decide to just move Nemanja. And if they lose five of the next six, maybe they decide to make a big deal and sell. Maybe it's HB, maybe it's Buddy. I don't know. But I think getting a sexier return probably lies in a package deal with Nemanja. So let's talk about those packages. Okay. What a, what a transition. Uh, we both accumulated some... some uh, Accumulated probably isn't the right word. We I, both, think it, I think it works. Sure. We both came up with some trades. Uh, used, I used NBATrade.com or TradeNBA.com. You can definitely use the ESPN trade machine. It's kind of just a matter of preference. And I think one of them like already... Um, accounts for trade exceptions and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, point is, let's get to the deals. Uh, this is my first, first, uh, first offer here. Let me know what you think. So my, some of ours are similar, by the way. I only have like one real deal. Chris is the guy who is the GM architect brain. I very much tried to. He did one. I have one that's about the same as his. Then I have another one. Just want to disclose that. This, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it later. So. <clears throat> the Sacramento Kings trade Nemanja Bialica and Buddy Heald. So this is, this like is, you were saying, this is, this would probably be if the Kings are about to lose their next couple games. Let me stop. Okay. Let me get to the trade. Sure. Nemanja and Buddy Heald go to the 76ers for Terrence Ferguson, once of OKC. Uh, Vincent Poirier, who is literally just there to fill salary. Just hang out. And Danny Green, who gets paid... $15 million this he, season. It's a lot of money. So that's pretty much just to make up for the Buddy contract and uh, Nemanja's. And Matisse Thibel, who would probably be the Kings and a first-round pick, which I think would just have to be thrown in just to kind of sweeten the deal for the Kings. Um, I think Matisse Thibel would probably be the headline. Um, that's the main. That, for the Kings. Yeah, least. that's the main that's For what sure, the, the main piece. would say Sixers land Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald. All of a sudden, Buddy Heald would be a marquee player. Oh, God, a, yes. All of a sudden. Uh, people would have a bunch of takes about Buddy Heald. But uh, I think I mainly did that trade because I think if the Kings were to make a big defensive sh- – if they were to trade Buddy, I would hope that they do it and kind of like shift their off- or their mentality as a team with the trade. And I think trading for Matisse Thibel would do exactly that. I think Matisse would probably come in, play 20 to 25 minutes a game, we saw what he was able to do defensively when he locked down De'Aaron in that second half against Philly. Um, to be able to throw out him, Tyrese, and De'Aaron at the same time, I think moving forward, that could be something to build on. Like That is a incredibly defensive sound backcourt with a good switchable wing frontcourt player. And obviously Matisse is nowhere near where he needs to be offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of, you know, 
there's kind of beauty in that too because Kings aren't trying to be a good team. No, and he, we don't need his At offense. I mean, the Kings do not need. No, they need no offense. They don't really need more offense. As they our, need more defense. And, and to expand on the trade, I mean, I think that's kind of the beauty in it as well. Is the Kings almost have a surplus of offense? They have too much. They definitely don't need more. The, uh, getting 140 points, I mean, it might help, but if they're going to continue to give up 143, it's not going to do them much good. Um, so to saying that, you know, obviously bringing in Matisse uh, just makes the team better. Yeah, like, good point. We don't need more scoring. We don't need a 20-15. Take it away. Just legitimately get rid of it. We don't need it. Cash it out. Because Matisse is not going to come in here and score. He's averaging four points per game over his career, but what is more important is he's averaging – like steal and a half in a, almost a block per game. Yeah. He's a defensive, like he's a defensive <laughs> asset the Kings could really benefit from. You know, you think about like Doug Christie's impact on the Kings back in the mm-hmm. day. He wasn't a twenty point, fifteen point per game scorer. No. Matisse at max will if if Matisse maxes out his offensive potential, he'll score twelve to thirteen. He'll be a Doug game. Christie. Yeah. Like he'll be a guy that's going to get you nine or eight, maybe mm-hmm. seven points per game. But he's going to get you three steals, and he's going to get you a couple blocks, and he's going to play good on-ball and off-ball defense. So uh, Matisse is a guy who Kings fans have been talking about literally since he came into the league. I've been seeing how mm-hmm. – like I remember Carmichael Dave was saying like Thibel goes yeah. west when they were going to trade uh, – who we trade a year ago? I can't remember who it was. Did we trade someone with deadline a year ago? Did we make any moves? I think we were going to trade Nemanja to the Sixers, That's right. I remember. The Kings and Sixers have been so long – like. Yeah. linked yeah and now daryl well, morey's there i was there. gonna say even more so than ever now daryl morey and, and his uh, money having that relationship yeah monty mcnair and daryl morey were in the same front office for literally a decade so i mean um, and that kind of stuff is real you know no, like people, yeah people, you deal with who you're comfortable with who you know it's a lot easier for me to be like i know frank is the gm of the sixers i know we think alike and i know you know Which, if what, I do you, offer, what do you got for me yeah and i know we can at least have a conversation i'm sure a lot of the times with you know i have no idea with these, NBA front office calls but i assume they're, these people are friends yeah. like they they yeah. you establish relationships over time when you work at a job it's the same thing as working at the radio station like us or working at at jiffy lube or working in an office whatever like shout out jiffy lube if you want to sponsor us um great work over there um it's just it, they have relationships and we it's just it's so intriguing to like think about the conversations that are going on right now behind mm-hmm. the scenes and um that's a move I I really I really would be a fan of and I have that also written down is is Thibel, Danny Green um uh, and Filler which you what, put Ferguson I have Ferguson I've got the center port for Nemanja and, buddy. and um, what I'm curious about is do you think that the picks are too much not enough or they, just right the picks might be too much to ask for I think getting Thibel, Thibel is kind of the same. He's twenty three, like he, yeah. he's almost twenty. He'll be twenty four in a week in t- uh, two weeks, but um, that's pretty much the same. I mean, he's that's kind of an asset. It's a young asset in its own. Buddy's twenty eight. Nemi yeah. is thirty three. Like we're buying four years. We're getting it four years feels, basically. It feel it doesn't feel great, and I know I, I would accept I, if I'm the Kings, I would take it without the pick. But I, I think, like a pick. I think it's a little hard to stomach it when it's essentially after this season going to be Buddy Healed for Matisse Thibel. I don't know if that's, that's fair. I don't. I just don't know if that. I don't know if that's fair. No, I mean, like, I it's, yeah, it's I fair to think saying. that. Yeah, it's just I, like, I don't know if that's a fair. It's deal. not a fair. I get what you mean. It's yeah. just it's it's a bummer. That and the also, buddy... Philly would probably, like I said, be in that late twenties pick. Well, this trade only happens if the Kings lose enough games where they're, they're at a point where they're, mm-hmm. where they're going to say, yeah. okay, the, the, the buddy healed, uh, Chip is it's not going to work here. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to work. Kind of the same thing happened with bogey. Like mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're just like, okay, it's more impactful to us to yeah. just let you move on mm-hmm. and to move on without you, especially now with Tyrese in the fold. Yeah. Then to push on for three more years at 20 something million a year. Cause buddy's in year one of that big extension. Mm-hmm. So, if that was a trade that happened, I would not be upset about it. Uh, I do like what Buddy brings. I, it's kind of a bummer we're we're lumping him into this trade, but the only real trade ideas that I have are I have like one more after this Philly one that's realistic is him going to Dallas with with Nemanja for Tim Hardaway Jr. Boban, mm. another filler. And with that one, I'd ask for like a late first or second round pick. I feel like the but. Kings should give multiple first round picks to get Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm a, 
I'm the largest Tim Hardaway Jr. fan that there is on the planet. Uh, I love Tim's game. I think I, I just I I know like he's not. I don't know. I think he was getting paid like fifteen to twenty million dollars a year um, at one point, and he's definitely not that player. But Tim is for sure the kind of guy who, you know, he's a smart starting small or shooting guards or small forward. And he can put up 30 in any given night. Um, He's kind of a heat check guy, but at the same time is a pretty reliable three point shooter. And uh, I I would, I would be more than welcome to, uh, to having him. The beauty of it is uh, he's an expiring deal. That's not beautiful at all. I would love to have Tim Hardaway for 10 years. Oh, I would too. But I mean, you (laughs) you could, the Kings have been known to get players and rework deals and extensions like, you know, hence the the Rudy Gay extension and Harrison Barnes, who uh, I think there was an agreement behind the scenes before he even played a game with the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think when, when they that got they him, sign the they told him we're going to sign a new extension because literally when free agency began, I think within the hour he signed mm-hmm. a four-year deal. So um, worst case scenario, you free up 25, 27. Well, with gone to you free up like 30-plus mm-hmm. million dollars of salary cap next year. Best case, you rework a deal with with uh, Tim Hardaway. Yep, Chris gets a jersey. Chris gets a jersey. Chris Hardaway Kings jersey. Yeah. Are you gonna get a Vince Carter Kings jersey no. ever? No, no. Never. I feel like it's cool though. Like he played for the Kings for a season. I have some Vince Carter takes, but like Vince Vince Carter's whatever. I'd like to hear it real quick. What is Vince like? Vince Carter isn't. Is Vince Carter like a top seventy five all time basketball player? What's 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 Vince's peak? probably not Vince's no peak is second best player on a team that got swept in the finals. Here's the problem though: if Vince Carter were to retire, and let's say he retired when he was 35, 36, when he went to Dallas in twenty twelve, mm-hmm. he'd already been playing for like let me just see sixteen. Years His career before. numbers have gotten so skewed. Because there's literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years where he just was not anything but an, a fringe rotation. I don't player. even think it's his numbers necessarily. I just think it's the player he was. Like, I he, mean, I think I'm pretty sure Tracy McGrady's in the Hall of Fame because so. Chris, for 15 years, I I know he he got buckets he, from 98 to 2013 for sure. 20 points per game, five boards, four assists, 1.1 steals. 37% from three, 44% from the field. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame career. That is borderline. Like that's that 15 is, years. That is Mitch Richmond-esque of like, Hall man, like you, it took Mitch forever, rightfully so. Mitch Richmond is, Rich Richmond, Mitch Richmond, Mitch Richmond is the baseline to me. Him, honestly, funny enough, him and Chris Webber are the baseline to me for Hall of Famer. Chris Webber needs to be in the Hall of Fame too, but that's a different discussion too. I, again, I could go I could go both ways. I love C-Webb, but... 20 points per game though for a career. I love C-Webb. C-Webb is a basketball Hall of Famer. Michigan, for because like you look Sacramento, what he meant to Sacramento for the... In, in basketball also, the Basketball Hall of Fame is a little bit It's not bit the more, NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah, no. Like Vladi's in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, it's I a little bit Vladi. more spiritual. Yao Ming is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it's because of the impact they had for exactly. the game of basketball. Totally. Chris Webber had a massive huge, impact. And Vince, huge, undeniable impact. And Vince Carter had a huge impact. I will not deny that, obviously. But as a player, you look at his averages, and like he averaged 16 points per game, okay. four boards for his career, but that's only because he kept playing for so long. If you were to call it a, a Look career, at DeMar DeRozan's numbers. I guarantee they're incredibly similar. Okay, that's gonna, this is going to be a bummer if you're right. I think you're all right, I though. I guarantee they're incredibly similar. I was trying to think of, like, who is, like, who's Vince Carter of this generation? They're, uh, they're better. DeMarvelous, man. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I love Vince. He jumps over people. It was ridiculous. He definitely benefits from the, I don't know what they'll look back and call it. I think it's kind of junk ball era of, like, the early 2000s where it's like, I mean, for sure, you know, Steve Nash and all them are. You know, the, the Suns made made it a little interesting, but there, I just don't think there was... I mean, the fact that Steve Nash won two MVPs, Dirk won an MVP, uh, I just think there was a little bit of, like, a lull. In t- like, it's definitely... The NBA was not as talented as it is right now. Like, we see Kate, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, freaking Giannis, Steph, all these guys. In the oh, early 2000s, it was really Kobe, Shaq, KG, KG, Duncan, obviously, but... 
I just don't feel like this. The stars were at. I mean, and definitely they're. Well, didn't KG are, say like like people in our generation would struggle today? Like in today's it, game, it was a different game for sure. It was a lot more ugly, a lot more slowed down, a lot more half court. Um, Quick side note yeah. on uh, Demarvelous, Demar Derozan's having a great year. Fantastic 20, year. <laughs> twenty points per game, five boards, seven assists. I mean, that's an all star. Yeah. Uh, so okay, well, then real quick, I mean, since we're on the subject, and I and I guess we can, can like kind of open talk. this up. This is great talk. Uh, is Vince Carter a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Yes. Is Chris Webber a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? Like, does he become a Hall? Yeah, of Yeah, like, do both. Like, do they do they both get in the Hall of Fame? Yes, because Chris Webber's on TV. If Chris Webber wasn't on TV, he would not be in the Hall. Tracy of Fame. McGrady's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is, which is also pretty insane because. He, with his injury, it would be. I mean, I was gonna say it'd be like if Derrick Rose got in the Hall. Of, it'd be like if Derrick Rose didn't win MVP and got into the Hall of Fame. He has similar numbers to Vince Carter: nineteen points a game, five uh, rebounds, four assists, thirty-three percent from three. T Mac. T Mac gets the benefit of the doubt because he would have, much like Penny Hardaway, like he would have been. Who knows? He would have been generational had he not been injured. Two thousand to two thousand six. Or 2007 T-Mac was filthy, though. Like, 25 yeah. points a game. Like, Is that uh, Magic? Magic T-Mac? Magic uh, in the first couple years of Houston. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, for sure, yeah. When him and Yao, yeah, they could not figure it out. I don't think they ever got out of the first round. But, um, uh, I, I think that was T-Mac's thing, actually. T-Mac never got out of the first round of the playoffs until his last year when he was 39 on the Spurs. And playoff lost in the finals to yeah. LeBron. Playoffs per game, he never made out of the first round. Yeah. Uh, he never played more than seven games in one postseason. So even with, like, the Spurs, he literally was one Ray Allen yeah, three-pointer away from getting a ring. <laughs> yep. Which kind of sucks. I remember like, when that – yeah, I remember thinking that. I was like, T-Mac, T-Mac he's no. going to get a ring. And then, yeah. Well, it's always fun to talk about the Hall of Fame yeah. stuff, too. So you guys can For let sure. us know if, if you want. Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you Hall think – I mean, I, I concede that they're both Hall of Famers, but but do you see the case that, that they're not Hall of Famers? Pivoting back to the trade talk, I don't Pivoting have anything back. else really on. No. Do you have any – So Yeah, exactly. Pivoting back, Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. And Tim Hardaway Jr., <laughs> okay. So that means Buddy – Much Hill. like his dad, they're going to be the first father-son combo to be in the Hall of Fame. Buddy – I don't know. I don't even know. Is there? Dad, I don't even know. If, I think his dad's in the Hall of Fame. I just – I don't, there's no father son. There's no way. Tim Ward, Hard- Wardell's not in. Tim Hardaway's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not really the OG. No. Tim Hardaway's not. That's just seventeen points and eight boards a game too, or eight rebounds, or eight on. assists, eight assists. Come on, me. and I mean, I wasn't alive, but for no. Mitch Richmond to be in and for for Tim not to be feels a little. Put some respect on Mitch Richmond's name. I mean, yeah, M- Mitch had his twenty-one years points of per being game. Able, yeah, and Mitch Mitch's sack years probably put him above champion with the Lakers, but we don't really no, acknowledge that, that here. That, honestly, honestly, the fact that him and Vladi were Lakers at the end of their career needs to be talked about more. But I digress. Yeah, I, I the fact that Mitch was on that O two team, I think it's kind of mad disrespect a lot. Like, Totally disrespectful. I mean, to be fair, Vladi also went to the Lakers right after he, he was. The Kings. He started. His he also started there. with there, but. You know, like there, there should have been some. And he feelings. played like ten games at the end. He was hurt yeah. and it was sad the whole time. Yeah, I, d- I really don't remember that season much. But, I don't either. Uh, I have a, I have a second trade proposal okay. for you. Uh, much kind of in line with, uh, with the last deal. Uh, heavily defensive minded here, and this one was more of just I sought out the player. I was like, this is not really about, uh, you know, th- who the Kings are trading off more, who they're getting. Saying that, it's going to a team that has been rumored uh, in some Kings' interest. The Boston Celtics. Uh, I have the Kings trading the Boston Celtics, Hassan Whiteside, and Harrison Barnes, along with some trade exceptions, uh, for Marcus Smart and Aaron Neesmith. I love Marcus Smart. That's the kind of guy the Kings need, too. I remember for all the same reasons we there, listed for Matisse. I there were think. rumors two summers ago that the Kings like were talking to him at Summer League, and like mm. they were trying to get him. I think they offered him a deal, too. Mm. Uh, Vladi offered him a deal. And he ended up going back to Boston, which is the smart move. But uh, safe to say, well, the beauty of the Kings offering players like Marcus Smart and those guys that are free agents like contracts is like you have an opportunity to come to a place and be like be a, the guy, a, be a bigger player. Before De'Aaron took like the step he's taking today, we didn't have a guy like two off seasons ago. De'Aaron was not the guy. Mm-hmm. Like now he is, but um, I'm not sure if those conversations will go forward from here. But back then, it was so cool when they were talking to these guys. Like even like when they were talking to like Monte Ellis and mm-hmm. and uh, they brought in a couple guys to visit uh, Wesley Matthews one time. They were like, "You could be the guy. Like you could be 
And they all said no. Thank so, God. Thank God they all said no. Uh, Monte Ellis, Wesley Matthews, they are not the cure to the Kings no. playoff drought. But Marcus Smart is a guy that he could come in and be like that third, fourth guy, like pretty much the guy he is on Boston, mm-hmm. um, and put him in a lineup like we talked about with Matisse, De'Aaron, Tyrese, Marcus Smart. Yeah. That's a pretty scary one, two, three. Defensive. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of like um, Marcus Smart more than Matisse for that exact reason. I think the interchangeability of him, De'Aaron, and and uh, Tyrese would for the future just be perfect. I think, you know, at that point you're always having, you know, I, I think De'Aaron will eventually, especially when he's surrounded by more defensive minded players, will become a more. I don't want to say dominant defensive player, but I think he's going to be a real nuisance. You know, he's he's already one of the best, uh, what do I call it, stealers in the league. It's um, a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I just think he'll, he'll really hound the ball if someone with, you know, if he's got Marcus Smart next to him, someone with that kind of defensive in- mentality um, and aggression, I just think that would do wonders for both him and, and Tyrese. Yeah, Marcus Smart. Um, um, the only problem would be Marcus Smart for sure would – one thousand percent be one of those players who uh uses what you just said of like i'm on the kings like i'm kind of like i'm a little bit more of the guy over here he would shoot probably like eight threes a game. well we all know he cannot shoot the basketball no but he does anyway <laughs> he does already for the boston celtics so if he's on the sacramento kings best believe no one's going to be able to rein him in he has been a defensive just Whiz over the past, uh, well, his whole career really. He's never averaged under 1.3 steals per game, and he's been a two-time All-Defensive uh, NBA player. And um, he'll be 27 in a in a couple weeks here. Shout out 94 babies, Marcus Smart, class Whack. of high school class 2012. I respect that. Um, so yeah, having him on, on the team would be great. Moving HB for him, I love what HB's been doing this season for the and most Whiteside. part. And Whiteside. Whiteside yeah, again, twenty six. He had twenty six yeah. and sixteen last game, dude. Let's yeah, keep him. I think Boston could probably use another big body. I I was gonna give them Kojo, but I don't think they would play him over Peyton Pritchard. No, or uh, um, Kemba or Jalen. No, I like him from Purdue. Oh, Carson, oh, Carson, Carson Edwards. Edwards. Yeah, Carson Edwards been playing pretty well too. So yeah, um, I liked him out of college. Early one of the Kings maybe take a flyer on him. Late. Very Frank Masony. Very Frank Masony. But he can. But shoot. he can. He can. Yeah, shoot he can actually way shoot better. Yeah. That game in the tournament was so crazy. Yeah. He put up forty, I think. Um, yeah, I like that deal a lot. I really think that, that moving HB would be kind of a bummer, but because uh, he's kind of hard to replace as far as mm-hmm. a small forward. But they would obviously run out Marcus Smart in that spot. Yeah, and uh, they get Aaron Neesmith as well, who was the uh, the Boston's first-round pick from and last year. King's he's, Twitter is big on Aaron Neesmith. He has been so. very bad this year. I am not huge on him, but, I mean, at the same time, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's a young guy that yeah. you're putting in. It's pretty much a free draft pick. The Kings probably won't get a draft pick out of that trade. Um, so, you know, I, I like getting the young asset and uh, – and, I mean, at that point, I even put something out uh, a couple weeks ago about how, you know, if, if the Kings trade Harrison Barnes, it's kind of a pretty big directional shift, um, I think, as an organization. I think that kind of would uh, would establish that they're not really focused on winning in the immediate, immediate. Maybe next season. I definitely think, you know, there's... There's, there's always next season. Exactly. They can always turn it around and sign two or three impact guys. Yeah, there's always Small impact guys, but... Yeah, I don't think I like much it. hope for this year. Is that the end of your... Uh, Th- those are the two that I have um, officially down. This changes day-to-day, too. Yeah. We Maybe in a week we hear that the, that someone really wants Corey Joseph. Then we'll whip up, Please. Whip up some Corey Joseph trades. And uh, But for now, uh, to end this trade talk, I know it changes every week. We'll do this every week, though. Where do you stand right now, buy or sell? They are currently only a game out of like the 10 spot, which is like the play-in spot, so... Keep that in mind. I think I'm. I think I'm in a selling mood. I feel like, again, I think I said it last week. I just don't see how the peak of this team isn't winning the play-in tournament and then getting swept. And again, like yeah. I said before, I know there's value in making the playoffs for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in X amount of years. But at the same time, like I, I just think. We've got to get out of this mindset of like we're the kings. Like we need to settle for base level satisfaction. Like your goal when you make the playoffs should not be to make the eight seed. No, 
that should not be the intention. If you make the eight seed, it should be like I mean, Portland's not in this situation yet. But you make the eight because you were in the six or seven, exactly. And you blow a couple of games exactly. late, exactly. And for some reason, and I'm guilty of this myself. Kings fans are like, well, we can get the eight seed. It's like, and I, I agree with the point. Like, well, why? Yeah, we end the playoff drought, but why? Like, we get swept in the first round. That's great and it's fun. We're we're a playoff team. We get to say we're a playoff yeah. team. And you but... learn some things in those four games, but. And, that, and that's and that is like something I've said and before builds, is like you know? those and it's a point I made myself and I'm I'm trying to like get more realistic as I go forward. Again, I'm I'm still a fan like everybody else. Like is that oh my point was teams like OKC back in the day they made the eight seed and it's a good stepping stone and I still think that's a good point. Like it is good to be in the playoffs and get that experience. But if the Kings aren't looking for making an impact and being competitive in the postseason, if they just want a ticket to get to the show, it's it's uh it's not worth waste, wasting years of of people's careers and and I don't know Chris's microphone just literally yeah, my, exploded my just so died um I almost said wasting years of their lives which is, it, I mean <laughs> is kind of a good it is I kind mean, of true it pretty too, much but. is I would say that my counter for the OKC thing is like you know usually teams like that um the Pelicans for example they're building around Zion and Brandon Ingram and X, you know, whoever the hell else you want to say they're building around. That is like a sign of progression. The Kings have De'Aaron Fox, who's 23. 20, 23. Tyrese is, Tyrese is 21. Yeah. But, you know, then Buddy's 28. Harrison's 28. Bagley's 21. Bagley's 21. But, I mean, I mean, at that again, like, and it's all contextual, too, because it matters how you get there. If the Kings... If the young players on the Kings are playing incredibly well and showing like, you know, they can hold the team up and we get there, that's a lot different. But if Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald are a big reason why we're in the playoffs, like unless that is our future, unless we're not doing trades of trading Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald, I just don't I again, I don't I don't see what it's doing for us. No, that's a good point. So it changes week to week. Right now, where I'm, are you? Are you by? Or do you I'm, I'm on. I'm on. I'm ready to make a move. I uh, I'm getting kind of tired. Ready to sell everything. But not ready to sell everything. I'm I'm ready. You're selling the furniture. I'm ready to make a move that will make not the house. it possible for Tyrese to become a starter because I'm tired of seeing every player start. Like I know that you want to keep boy him. Kojo, Kojo, Daquan Jeffries. It's like why isn't Tyrese getting a start? With De'Aaron, because that's one thing we have not seen is a start with De'Aaron. So, um, if we're not going to be going for the playoffs or being realistically a threat, I'm down to see what happens with with Tyrese. Let's just see what he has. Put him in the lineup. Yeah. Um, should we move on to awards? Yep. Let's wrap it else? up yeah, with the awards. Um. All right. Uh. First off, we have our King of the Week. Bada ba ba. Um, actually, that's not the sound for King of the Week. Play it, please. Um, <laughs> uh, my, you know, you know, you go with yours first because I gotta, I gotta really think about mine for a second. Okay, I'm just going off mine just because of the what I've seen from him the last couple games, and I know he's been injured, which is kind of oh. something that factors into it. Um, but I love what I've been seeing from from Marvin. Marvin's been playing pretty well. Marvin, 19 and seven last game. He was seven and 13 from the field. Uh, he was hurt for a couple games before that, but. Even against Philly, he did a really good job defensively that game. As you might remember, he did a good job on Joel Embiid late, uh, drew a couple charges. He had 17-6 and six then. He hasn't been playing big minutes. Uh, he only played 20 minutes, and the Kings went over uh, the Clippers even. He had nine points and ten boards. But the way he's been playing, it's, it's good basketball, 50% from the field over the last five. Um, the three-point shot is kind of like something that I think can be good. Uh, he's shooting 37%. Obviously, it's a good number, but he's taken some step backs that are kind of questionable at times. Uh, De'Aaron's kind of guilty of that, too. I think you made a point of that before. Um, but I like Marvin. I like Marvin this week. Yeah, I don't really have many issues. I don't think he's been, like, the best player on the team by any stretch. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, he definitely deserves some sort of recognition because he's definitely, especially in the situation he's in, like, homeboy can definitely be be coming in and being like, you know what, like, I'm not, Luke, no matter what I do, Luke's not going to be able to, or not going to find minutes for me at the end of the game. So why should I even, not, you know, that's obviously a very shitty he's a three quarter. But. He's a three-quarter player. Like, he only plays three quarters pretty yeah. much. So, yeah, he probably just tried to do a little more yeah. than 
needed is yeah. needed. But no, yeah, I, can't I, blame him. Got no no issue. Um, my king of the week is going to be Tyrese, um, and I'm actually going to point out his uh, his stats from pretty much the start of the month, um, with the exception of the Pelicans game, which was the first game of the month. So what is that? Last five games, six games. Um, he's put up near 17 points a game, almost at five assists. Uh, shooting 50% from three in the past six games. he's. I think uh, we saw him take a little dip after his first, I think, like 10 or 15 games. Uh, he had a little slide where it seemed like he, he, again, wasn't being as aggressive as he should be. Uh, and then I think, especially with the game that, uh, that De'Aaron had to sit out, he really, you know, he stepped up. It took him a while to, to kind of do it, but um, he's kind of – starting to get uh, into those double-digit shot attempts per game, um, which I think we've talked about before. It's good to see. Yeah. Um, but I just think he's he's really finding his game in the NBA. and uh, Yeah. It's pretty cool. Month of February for Ty. 15 points a game, four rebounds, five assists, 1.4 steals, uh, 53% from the field, and 49% from three-point range. That's Pretty close to being Rookie of the Month for the Western Conference uh, numbers again for February. I'm, I mean, he, he's probably getting close to running away with that again. Uh, so good on Tyrese. Love what he brings. That's why I want to see him start. I want to see him play a little more. See him and De'Aaron play together more. I know we see it in the fourth, and it is a good lineup to close games out, which hasn't been able to really work because Rashawn's been out and De'Aaron have been out over the last couple games. Uh, you know, not at the same time, but in separate occasions. So um, love the pick. Don't have a problem with it. One one thing I want to add though is I want to give a little love to Kojo because I've been kind of kind of dunking on him. Uh, what do you mean? He you, played. You and Jonas have been dunking on Kojo. Hard. Yeah, he, Jonas did dunk on him, and uh, I've been, no, I dunk I, on him. He twice. definitely deserves credit. I mean, especially him and Hassan in my least favorite game of the season. Those scoring, were just uh, that, meaningless numbers, yep. maybe, but we can't deny that they they played well for sure. So. No, I think he was eight of ten from the field, and that's. Honestly, second most points he's ever scored you, in his Corey career. Jones. Thank you, Corey Jones. Second thank most you for that game. Crazy. Second most points he's ever scored in a game. Thank you for proving that even bad NBA players are still okay. good. Well, anyways, he's good. I just said he's good. That was a compliment. That was what I like to call a compliment sandwich. That's uh, that's a good compliment sandwich. Tasty. Um, okay. Moving on. Uh, moving on to the other. I forgot there was another award where we uh, give it to the worst player of the week for the Sacramento Kings. We like to call it our Coke Machine of the Week. You're just doing the sound effects yourself. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get them. So okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, our Coke Machine or my Coke Machine of the Week. Um, I kind of went back and forth um, between two guys, and. <laughs> I think I'm going to settle on giving it to Harrison Barnes. Well, that's cool because I'll say I, I'm giving it to him as well. So we can cool. talk about it together. Awesome. Uh, Rashawn was in consideration, but honestly, you know, he's injured and uh, he's earned our benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Harrison Barnes is an anomaly. My guy has won, I think, two of our King of the Weeks. I think my King of the Weeks. He's won a couple. And he has also won two Coke Machine of the Weeks, yeah. uh, which is... Which is probably right. I mean, he probably... I, we have said countless, countless times, as Harrison Barnes go, the Kings go. The Kings have played poorly. Harrison Barnes has played very, he's, very poorly. He's had a bad five games, and they've lost four or five. And the only reason why they have not lost five of five is because HB had a tip-in, which... Yeah, I'm funny not, enough. I can't count against... I mean, hey... He did play. He played good. like trash all game. He good, I he get good Luke defense. swears he played good defense against Kawhi. Yeah. Again, I'll have to watch the tape. We'll have to watch the tape. But uh, he was a minus twenty five against Brooklyn. That's the worst by far of any King. It's just he. What is? What are his numbers? I think we've had him for. I think the past five games. I'll pull him up here. He's averaging around seven points a game. I know he's shooting eleven percent from three. It's just he really has kind of fallen off, and it's a long NBA season. He's gonna have good spurts and bad, but. Since the Clippers not game, helping his trade value very much. No, <laughs> since the Clippers game, five games, seven point four points, thirty percent from the field, eleven percent from three point range, six boards, which is nice, but it's been uh, it's been it's been all bad. Yeah, that is very very terrible. Uh, the you know what really stuck out to me was that eleven percent from three, uh, which he was lethal before that. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been I think above forty percent for the entire year. Um, just just some real coke machine stuffs out there from from HB who who uh, you know I don't want to bring this up, but kind of has a history of uh, of being known to disappear. Apparently, uh, world's strongest man is coming to Sacramento. It is. That's going to be very, very fun. Not to uh, not to just add this. And no, I just got an email. But Sorry. no, 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 no. I, not, I I actually have a lot of thoughts. I think that would be really, really cool. I really want to go to that. <laughs> world's strongest should, man. Should I coming enter in June? I think right. Yeah, I'll enter. Yeah, enter. I enter can probably lift uh, like a thirty pound dumbbell. Bro, I'm not trying to flex, but I don't know what they have on that. It's at, at least twenty. Semi trucks or dumbbells? You tell me what's more impressive. I think we can get our boy uh, Bobby Woodard in that. Bob Woodard would do. Robert Woodard would do damage in World Strongest. Do we want to end with some G League talk at all? Have you been keeping up with with um, the G League? Yeah, I like the only bubble. reason. It's exciting seeing him play well, and like people are excited. It's just like people are very. Excited. I see <laughs> what like Kyle Guy and who else like absolutely destroyed the G well, League. Well, Frank Mason did. Frank Mason won Frank MVP Mason, last season. Yeah, you seen what guys in the G League can't excite me too much because like, I mean, it's summer league. It's, it's the same it, thing. It reminds me of, and I'm not. And Robert Woodard is so young; he's a rookie. But there's some players like that are. In baseball, they call them 4A yeah, guys. Yeah, 4A guys, totally. They're guys that are too good for the minors but not good enough for the NBA yeah. or for the MLB. I hope he isn't like a Frank Mason or I can't really put call, Kyle Guy. I don't want to call it Kyle Guy, but guys that are like, no pun intended, guys that are really good in the G League but they aren't really good in the NBA. Like, how many of those have we seen that are really good in the G League? <laughs> Harry Giles. Harry Giles also was having pretty good numbers down in the G League. Hitting multiple threes, yeah. putting 20 and 16s up. Scal, Scal used to go off in G League. It's better than seeing him put up five points a it game. Is definitely better than, uh, who's the dude? Poku, the dude on, uh, I think it's Poku, the dude on OKC. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you've yeah. seen him. He's like a seven-footer and I can't have. tie his own shoes. Jesus. Um, so I'm happy Bob's playing well. Bob's playing well. Jemias had a good game had a yesterday. Horrific game though yeah. last week. I think yeah, he, he fouled like, out in like yeah. six minutes. Yeah, and he was like four fifteen or something stupid, like terrible, like that. Good lord. So no, good on Bob. Uh, I would like to see him play. Like I want him to play some actual minutes for the Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. Come the second half, especially if they sell or move some people away. Yeah, that's his spot. If HB gets moved, you'd probably see him slide up to either the backup or starting. Small forward, shout out Justin Jackson, like he had to do his rookie year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, again, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about G League, but he looks really big. Like, I mean, that no, that was that was definitely the rap on him coming in. But like, he maybe it's he wears number twelve and he's on the Austin Spurs, but he like he looks like Lamarcus Aldridge. He and I'm like. I don't know, like he might be 6'9", 245, or I don't know, 245 might be heavy, but 230 or something. He is a very, he kind of reminds me of like the, like, like Debo, like yeah. R.I.P. Tommy Bro, Lister, yeah. who played, who played Debo, yeah. um, who just passed away. I loved, loved him on Friday, man. Uh, he reminds me of like that guy who's just like, that's scary, like, where's my bike? Yeah. Like, it's just I would not mess with with Bob no. Woodard. We we needed Bob when Metsu got thrown to the we ground, man. We Bob. needed we needed that that strength because no one was about to step up. Kyle Guy and uh, nah. and Marvin aren't they don't want that <laughs> they don't want the smoke with Marvin's with got big hold me back energy. Marvin has a big hold me back energy. <laughs> big hold me back energy. <laughs> All right, but no one holds him back. All right. Anyway, uh, I think we're good. We've gone for an hour here. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you want to? No, we'll probably record. Sorry, it was a little bit longer of a. Um, of a layoff, I had to go to the best city in the world, Yuba City, to take Yuba. care of some stuff. Uh, not the best city in the world. It's just where I'm from. My mom lives there. My mom. So I had to go visit my mom, and uh, we recorded today instead. That's the story. I know you guys will ask for it. Um, but we'll record before uh, a week. I think we'll record probably Tuesday after. I think that's what we planned, yeah. They play Brooklyn again, so can't wait to come at you after KD drops yep. 40 on us. Mm. Um Tomorrow, I will say, I feel good. Come cold, take me. I feel good about tomorrow against Miami. You feel good about that. I feel good about that. Okay. Well, you do that. <laughs> and we <laughs> will be back after, uh, after I don't know when, probably next Tuesday, next Wednesday. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Um, 
we appreciate a lot of things. I don't know what else, but uh, it's not Thanksgiving. But yeah, you're right. shout out, shout uh, out Pfizer, shout, shout out Pfizer, out, uh, Moderna. Moderna. Should Moderna get some love on this one? Are you gonna get vaccinated? Soon? I don't know. I they're, mean, they're doing sure. like, I mean, they're doing like mass vaccination. I honestly, I'm just, I'm waiting for everybody. I, I, I'm patiently waiting. You're patiently waiting. I'm. My girlfriend's a teacher, and she might get her soon. I guess I can. I might get mine too. So. For those of you that believe, cool. In so Frank's gonna get it before uh, all these elderly people. No, they're having stuff. Masks It's totally on. fine. No, it's cool. For those of you that think that it's Bill Gates good. is gonna give a give put a chip in me, I'll let you know. Yeah. So. Yep. So it's Frank's fault if uh, if your grandma dies and you know he lives. A nice way to end the nice podcast. Nice way to end the podcast. Um, shout out Frank. Shout out your live. shout out your shout grandmas. Out Pfizer, I guess. Shout out your grandmas holding tight because Frank's coming for them. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>